Once they get to making money, start spending money. Yeah. Spending money is not part of the evolutionary steps. Got to keep it. We got to, yeah, you got to save it. That's right. Good job, Mark, because that's the fourth stage is yep. the saving, right? Mm -hmm. And now how much do you need to save? Because, you know, that's what's going to help you determine. Because mm -hmm. when the investment comes up, you better have enough money saved mm -hmm. to put it to work for you, right? So the fifth stage, of course, is the investor. The investor. Dreamer, learner, earner, saver, investor. So when you get to the investment stage, okay, a lot of people call themselves investors, they have no money. Well, how can you be an investor with no money? You're listening to The Azria Show. If you're looking for quality real estate investing information that you can trust, you've found it. Stay tuned and join the tens of thousands of members that have already benefited from Azria, your home for education, market information, support, and networking opportunities that will advance your real estate investing career. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of The Azria Show. I'm your host, Marcus Maloney, and we have our executive director and co-host, Michael Delpre. Hello, hello. And today we're going to be talking with JP Dada, and we're wanna, we want to talk about self-directed IRAs, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of misinformation about self-directed IRAs, and there's a lot of credible and great information about self-directed IRAs. So we wanted to bring JP in from Vantage, self-directed IRAs to discuss IRAs. And Vantage has been a loyal, long-time yeah. business associate with Azria. So we wanted to bring in the people that we refer to you as loyal listeners. So, JP, man, how are you doing? Thanks Welcome for having me. I think this is great. I'm the first-time podcaster here for Azria. I've been in, like you mentioned, I've been, I've been in this community since basically almost since I started my company. Back in 2004, I started Vantage in 2000, June of 2004. It was formerly known as Entrust Arizona, but... This was the first probably community that I had to get involved with. Obviously, we talk about real estate investing and all the different things people can do with the retirement accounts, but the Arizona Real Estate Investor Association was certainly the first organization that really kind of opened their arms to me mm -hmm. and knew that we were about educating the community and that folks that were real estate investors really needed to understand the different funding sources that they had. You know, and I think that's the big aha moment, mostly when we talk about self-directed IRAs is just, you know, IRAs have been around for a long time, but like you mentioned, there's a lot of misinformation mm -hmm. and we are typically, we start these businesses or we're in this business to inform the mm -hmm. community nationally, but obviously in Arizona, folks that are doing deals all the time and are wanting to learn about different types of strategies we just feel like, look, there's a vehicle out here that's tax favored and it can also be used in many different creative ways to build wealth through real estate. And yeah, thanks for having me. This has been, it's been great to be able to be there at your monthly meetings for many years. Obviously there's been different folks at Vantage who have been mm -hmm. at the tables and been at, at the meetings, but mm -hmm. I'm typically the one that comes in for the education and the workshops mm -hmm. and things like that. So Mike's been with Alan before and now with Mike. So thanks mm -hmm. for having me. This has yeah. been great. Love. Excellent. Thanks Excellent. for being here, man. So this is, tell us a little bit about your background and how it evolved into IRAs. Well, I graduated from the University of Arizona. Go Cats. Mm -hmm. Bear down. And, but, the audience is gone now. I ran out of college. I went, I became a financial advisor. Mm -hmm. And financial advisors, I always like to say, we have a, 
we evolve. We start in the business. We look for training. We look for the kind of the large company brands, proprietary brands. And as you start to get better as an advisor and learn more strategies and you grow your book, <clears throat> you become maybe an independent financial advisor and then a registered investment advisor. And I had gone through those steps. I was probably six years in. And one of my more high net worth clients actually approached me one day, called me up one day and said, hey, JP, a buddy of mine has a real estate development deal and I like to be an invest investor in it. And so I'm calling to you kind of figure out you know, what we can move around to, to place. It's a $250,000 investment. And, but he was like, based on real, how real estate development works, he told me he won't be able to give me back my money for at least five to seven years. Right. So he actually said, I'd like to use my IRA to do it. He was, he was 52 years old at mm -hmm. the time. He had a, a lot of money with me and he had over a million dollars in his, in his IRA that I had invested in stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and I said, well, sorry, but uh, you're 52. And your IRA, you'd be, you know, in order to invest in a limited partnership, which is what he wanted to do, yeah. is like you're going to have to pull the money out and pay taxes pay on that. Taxes. Pay yeah. a 10% penalty on it. So, as your advisor, I don't think that's a good vehicle to use mm -hmm. for this, but let's, let's talk about the money you have outside mm -hmm. of the IRA and we'll, we'll, we'll work on getting you this money. He's like, why? He, he could not understand it. He really was frustrated. He was like, why not? I don't, I don't get it. Like, I don't know. He just did not understand the rules and he, Certainly didn't want to accept. He didn't want to use the money that was outside of his IRA. Right. Yeah, he would have to pay, sell for a profit, pay capital gain. Like he understood that. He just thought, I just don't understand why this is not yeah. a viable thing. So remember, I'm 26, 20, 26, 27 years old at the time. You know, been been an advisor for about six, seven years, and he's like, look, why don't you call? There's got to be a way to do this. Why don't you call some people? Call some people that yeah. might might know more than you, yeah. JP, and. And so I did. Long story short, I made, I followed his suggestion, even though in my mind, I'm like, I mean, I'm doing this because he's a high net worth client yeah, of mine. Yeah, I got to yeah. keep him happy. And I called people in New York. I called everyone that I thought might know, you know, who dealt with ultra high net worth people who might have a specific mm -hmm. strategy. But no, they all told me the same answers that I was giving him. And I had kind of like, you know, kept telling him, hey, right. sorry, can't do this. Serendipitous might have been working on me, but I was I was working with an attorney, an asset protection attorney, you know, building my centers of influence. And with this attorney, I this gentleman, this specific client, I was working on a case on some asset protection strategies with this attorney. So we're at lunch and I'm telling him, I'm like, hey man, you know, aside from this stuff, like he called me about wanting to do this stuff with an IRA and he will not listen to me. He will not take no for an answer. And my good friend Phil Roper, I'll never forget. He sat there, my, the, the attorney sits there, and he's like, "JP, I'm a, I'm, I go to these conferences like offshore, do some offshore asset protection things for people mm -hmm. on the Caribbean, and mm -hmm. and there's another attorney, and we we hear people come into these these conferences all the time, and I and I could have sworn my, my another buddy who's an attorney has heard of a company that's done does this type of stuff like real estate retirement accounts, and I'm like, really? And he was like, yeah. When we get back to my office, I'll call him, and we'll see what he says. So that's exactly how we got started. We, he, we went back to his office. He called his friend. He pushes over a URL website. It said iraplus.com. I go back to my office, pull it up. And on the homepage, it's buy real estate with your IRA. And I was just like, jaw hits the yeah, keyboard. Like it is possible. I'm like, what is going on right now? Mm -hmm. Right. And it was in the website was for interest administration. I am like reading other website and I'm like, oh my goodness. They had a workshop 
mm-hmm. in California. I go out to California to go attend this workshop, and I'm, I'm a financial and I'm sitting in this workshop trying to learn about this thing that I could definitely was trained mm-hmm. by a Fortune 100 company building my business. Like you cannot do this. And the founder of the company is teaching the workshop, and he's like, "Hey, a lot of people don't know about this, and we're setting up licenses all over the country, and." So and the next one we're going to open up is, is it in Arizona. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, this is cool. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to just build a relationship with, right. with whoever opens up that end trust office. And so <clears throat> as the story goes, I get back <laughs> to my, to my financial planning wealth management firm and I'm, I'm calling up end trust. I'm like, Hey, when are you going to open up this office? <clears throat> we don't have finalized the deal yet, but it's coming, you know, next month, still not open by the third month. They're like, JP, that, that deal fell through. We're back to the drawing board. So I don't know when, when we're going to open up the office. Like, well, what are you looking for? What are you looking for for, to, for for people who buy these licenses? And they said, we need we need a financial advisor, an attorney, or a CPA who has an existing book of business, who can kind of, who has a business, but can also create awareness and maybe inform their community about mm-hmm. this. Because we're wanting to have local offices because that's the way that we get the word out. Yep. So the rest is history, man. I put my name up to buy the license and I was lucky enough to, to win, I guess, the bid, if you will, yeah. um, to become Entrust Arizona. And I was the licensee for the state of Arizona. And that's how okay. I got started. And I did that for about seven years with with Entrust. And then we all, did, he, they, they wanted to franchise those that operation. And I, I didn't want to be a franchisee. So about a handful of us decided to to, to hold our ground and, mm-hmm. and stay licensees until it just did not make any more sense to do that. Okay. And so we bought bought our way out of it and I changed the name to Vantage. And so that was in 2012 when we did that seven years after that. So, so yeah, man, that's how I got started in this. And so I, I really relate because again, I, I know what it's, I mean, I was an advisor and I was at the time I felt I was misinforming my clients. You know, when Mm -hmm. I heard this information, I heard and I validated it. It was like. Well, yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about that because yeah. that's a key piece. Even, you know, a couple of years ago, my, my wife helps out her father and went to, we're in real estate. So we're like, we got to put money in real estate, but you go to financial. No, you can't, you can't invest in real estate. You don't want to, you don't want to do it's like, so it's like, I'm sure a lot of our members deal with that. They have money with a financial advisor. They trust them. They've been working with them for years. Maybe they're doing fine, but yeah, they want to move and try other things. So what do you say to those one members dealing that with that situation yeah. and two the financial advisors that are unsure about real estate yeah so you know since i was a financial advisor and i was actually a registered investment advisor which means that you're a fee only you know you're a fiduciary mm-hmm. you do what's in the best interest of your client of you're not looking for commission so mm-hmm. typically that allows you to have a much more broader array of of advice basically right because mm-hmm. you're not being told by any company you just you have to sell this product right. which happens too which yeah. happens yeah, yeah. so that's what i mean it's a lot ras i mean sorry advisors have an evolution is what i said you know you start mm-hmm. typically and then you kind of evolve and the more freedom you want and more independence you kind of have different licenses and different ways that you can structure your practice right it really hit home to me i, I you know at that moment when i heard about this i was like i i i saw how broken this financial industry was you know it was a that's a, this is a systemic problem right mm-hmm. because the thousands and thousands and thousands 30,000 plus advisors in this country are trained that this is the way things work mm-hmm. and I, you can obviously understand that when you're uh your typical traditional brokerage or your t- typical financial uh company you not only you know manufacture and create products for your clients right that have your name on it 
you give advice and get paid for the advice, right? And you're also obviously in the business of selling those products. Selling those products yeah. So, you know, that's three different ways to monetize a my business model. And mm-hmm. so it I could understand like their self-interest and not wanting to let this information be public. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But to me, that wasn't the seat that I was in. I was in the, in the seat of wanting to help people achieve their financial goals. And you get to a point as an advisor where if you were my client, Mike, you'd be like, yeah, I like real estate. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my job is to try to help you make, if that's the way we're gonna put your money, then it's my job to figure out who we can vet to mm-hmm. who's doing mm-hmm. that successfully because you're going to be more comfortable. You're going to stick with my plan. You're going to, yep. yeah, I'm still going to ha- try to help you know how much money to save and all that good stuff. But I really took my job to heart. I really mm-hmm. wanted to help people and serve people. And so I was very disenfranchised when I heard about this. I was like mad. I kind of was like, I'm going to divorce this. is I'm going to divorce myself from my industry because I think like, I see a huge problem here mm-hmm. and I don't want to be part of the problem anymore. I want to be part of the solution. Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, pivoting to, to Vantage made so much sense for me. But how do you address it? Well, you address it, number one, is the way I address it, even as, as Vantage came across a lot of people, it's like, I know you're not, you're not, you have to understand how an advisor is positioned, right? If they're a registered representative for a company, they're restricted even if they don't want to be restricted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, you can have an Azure member go to them and, and say, here's what I want to do. But there's only a couple other, there's only a couple responses to that. It's either I can't help you. Like, okay, this exists, but I can't help you. Mm-hmm. Right, which is typically not nowadays it might be the answer because mm-hmm. people have actually learned a little bit more about right, directed right. IRAs and these things exist. So for me, it was always a credibility mm-hmm. question. I was like, if I would go to an advisor and say, look, do you want, you, you, do you want, the, I'm going to go, you know, we're spreading this message. This is reality. This is the rules. This is the truth. You have two choices. Either you learn it. I help you te- I te- help you learn it mm-hmm. so that at least you're giving people the right messaging because if, if I get in front of people and I educate them about this, they're going to come to you. And right. if you say it can't be done, guess what? They're going to believe that they've outgrown you as a financial yeah. advisor or that, you know what, you're not a very good one. or Because they you they expect you to know this information. Mm-hmm. right? Just like my client expected me to know this information when they he came to me. And I thought with a hard, lot of confidence that I knew that mm-hmm. what I was telling him was the fact. And it wasn't. And be- so... Because those clients are coming to you, right, to seek your advice. They're paying me for Right, and they're leaning on your expertise. And as, you know, sometimes as some of these fiduciaries, like you said, they have those certain boxes. They try and put everybody into a box. Okay, we have these products. Maybe you can fit in this box or this box Mm -hmm. or this box. So working as with self-directed IRAs kind of give us the blueprint or the foundation of what a self-directed IRA is versus like a Roth or traditional IRA. Sure. So, I mean, the first thing I want to let your audience know is that a self-directed IRA is not a different type. It's not a different type of IRA. Like you said, traditional Roth, Mm -hmm. there's a SEP, there's a simple, and then there's, Mm -hmm. there's a self-directed. No. Okay. Any retirement account, traditional self-directed IRA, you know, Roth, okay. self-directed, they all can be marketed, okay? Mm-hmm. So self-directed is a term that is placed in front of the word IRA as a marketing term because we had, our industry had to have some way of differentiating gotcha. the, what I would call stock market restricted accounts mm-hmm. that companies offer and the accounts that we were offering, right? Because they're the complete opposite. Now, 
the the aha moment that I want, I guess the, the easiest way to understand this is, look, IRAs were created by the U.S. government in 1974, okay? Mm -hmm. That's when they came out. And they and when they came out, they have certain things like we gotta have a custodian, and we gotta make sure we regulate these things because they're you're keeping your people. We want the American public to be able to be incentivized based on the tax benefits we're giving them to contribute for their own financial future. Right. Now you gotta keep in mind the government had something called social has something called social security. Mm -hmm. Like they're supposed to be, you're paying into that, right? Mm -hmm. Just like you would pay into an IRA, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and they're they're controlling the how that money is mm -hmm. being invested, but people are living longer right right, right. money's maybe not be invested exactly mm -hmm. great no pensions and, and yeah like so that. things like profit yeah those are called defined benefit plans mm -hmm. those, the benefit plans were they started to find out that we we need to change this we you know, this isn't working we need to have a defined contribution plan and we've got to get something so that the the American public starts saving for them for their own, because future. it took it took the responsibility off the corporation, exactly, and the government, yeah, a little yep. bit, right. <laughs> so that's when they were created. So what I want to, I guess, what I want to, the punchline here is that there's a big difference when these accounts were created. You could invest in all the same things you could invest yep. in today. Now the companies that signed up to become these custodians and administrators mm -hmm. of these accounts they had a choice to make what's our business what's our business model like mm -hmm. i'm going to offer these accounts to the to the government to the american public but we're also selling products here right, right. so you would walk back in 1975 1976 your contribution limit was a thousand bucks you go in there to let's say bank of america right and so you got your banker and they're like oh we got these new accounts called individual retirement accounts and you can put a thousand bucks and so let's assume it's for your I put my thousand bucks in, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that banker's and I say, great. Can I offer you a CD, certificate of a deposit? Can I offer you a TV? What are the products that we have that I can now offer oh, my yeah. client, my banking client? And so that was the genesis of this perpetuated misconception and misinformation truly, because okay. Bank of America isn't in the business of finding how to find you fix a flip property, right, Mike? Sure. They're not in the wholesale business. They're not trying to get you into a cryptocurrency. I mean, mm -hmm. I shouldn't even say crypto. Back then, it wasn't like you know, anything alternative to the stock market wasn't their business model. Right. So I always say to people, I said, there's a huge difference between what the government allows us to do with these accounts. And they're all different types. Mm -hmm. Traditional, Roth, SEP, simple, 401k, 403b, 450s. I mean, there's right. a lot of different yeah. types of retirement accounts, okay, plans. And what a company allows you to do with this plan, with these, with these accounts. So companies like Vantage, right, a self-directed IRA company is set up a business that says, look, there's plenty of other IRA companies that typically we call them traditional brokerage company IRAs mm -hmm. that are in the business of not only offering the account, doing the administration, doing the IRS reporting, everything that we do, but they're gonna restrict you to only invest in the stock market. So if you want to do other things, which the government lets you do, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you have to set up a, a, an account with a self-directed. Okay. Now, why self-directed is the term? Because we don't sell products. Mm -hmm. Because companies like Vantage, we don't give advice to our clients. It's the account holder that's in control of their money. Gotcha. And I think that's what the big attraction is for a lot of people. They want the control of their money, especially yeah. if they're experts or knowledgeable or mm -hmm. feel more comfortable with a, 
alternative investment strategy, but I just felt, I, I find these words to be so like systemically created by Wall Street that it's like, we have the traditional assets and they mm -hmm. have the alternative, like non-traditional uh, assets, right? Mm -hmm. It's risky. You don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, you might lose all your money. Like we're super smart. Let us help you. We're the advisors here. We're we're licensed yeah. to select these things. So this is the the mindset that I came up on, man. I mean, this is what mm -hmm. I mean. I, I was excited to be a financial advisor, and I and you know if you're gonna grow a financial wealth management practice, you want to learn all the different ways, and you get a lot of clients that have a lot of different investment appetites. In fact. It could be a couple. One's conservative, one's aggressive. One hates real estate, one loves real mm -hmm. estate. One wants to buy, you know, high growth stocks. One, please don't do that, honey. You know, so, so right. you're like working almost like a, a therapist in some of these yeah, relationships. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so your job is to align interests and appetite and goals and mm -hmm. the money that they're saving. And so I always felt it was very clear to me at that moment when my client came, my highest, one of my highest net worth clients at the time was asking me to help him with something he wanted to do. He knew I, I wasn't the one offering him that product. Right. Okay. Now, as an RIA, I can put a 250 into my AUM and I can still charge a fee. So to answer your question, Mike, mm -hmm. it's like, how do, you, how, do you, how do you address this? Well, you need to understand how your advisor is getting paid. If they're going to be paid by commissions on products they're, they're not going to want to or not going to want or feel that they can help you yeah with trying to select things mm -hmm. that are not in their wheelhouse or their license to sell you okay now if they're even if they're fee only you, going back to what mm -hmm. marcus said is like they have these little boxes and they they, they, they don't want to this is their model right? this is the way we right. do our business this is why we do things and so clients need to kind of ask and be curious and ask these questions before they agree to work with somebody mm -hmm, too. Yeah. Remember advisors want your business and you should make sure that they're the right fit for, for what you. you want. And nowadays I think there's the good news is uh, we've been busy for the last you know 20 years at Vantage or 19 years. And we've gotten plus all the comrades that I have, my colleagues that are in the self-directed IRA industry, shout out to them as well, because we've all been in the, under the same kind of a, the, the same I think mission, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. When I started, my mission was like, I, 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 my vision was, I want to think about a future where America, the American public that saves and is trying to figure out, do the retirement thing. We're all trying to figure this out, right? We're yeah. all trying to you know, win this game, right? Mm -hmm. Called <laughs> money, mm -hmm. <laughs> the money oh, yeah. game, right? We're all trying to figure it out. We're all defining what that means to us and what, what the relationship is with money and, and all that stuff. But the reality is that I feel that money is so personal that my job is to figure out what exists out there. Right. So I envision a, a, a place where, you know, this topic that we're talking about today wouldn't be so new to mm -hmm. people, would just be like, yeah, I know us. I know yeah. there's self-directed IRA companies. I know there's this. And that when, when couples or when individuals are making decisions with their money, they're actually fully informed. Yeah. You know, because... Now, I get it. I, I've made a business out of that, ha having this message be new, having this message be unique, having this be a niche. But, you know, after 19 years, man, there's more competitors in my field. Mm -hmm. There are, you know, when I used to do as real, I'll give you a funny story. I used to come in and, 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 and do these workshops, right? These weekend classes mm -hmm. that Alan would, would kindly ask me to, to do. And 
one of the first things I would say is I would anybody who has heard of a self-directed IRA to please stand up. And not a single person in the audience mm -hmm. would stand up. I mean, this was that's how much of a I wouldn't say secret, but that's how much it just no one had ever mm -hmm. heard of this yeah. concept. <laughs> if I was to go to the monthly meeting this this next month and ask, mm -hmm. or you ask, hey, how many of you all, have anybody heard, have you heard of a self-directed IRA? At least stand, not do you have one. Right. Have you heard of what a self-directed IRA is? Mm -hmm. I guarantee you that I would I would hope that at least 70% of the room would stand up. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. well, JB, JP, and a lot of that changed because of the dynamics around money change, right? Mm -hmm. And what I was alluding to earlier is back in the day, let's just say 20 years ago, 30 years ago, our parents or whatever, they went to a job, had a had a corporate job, or they worked at a steel mill or something like that. And their whole goal was, let me work for 30 years, 40 years, retire, get my gold watch, but I have my pension, yep. right? And now, since that responsibility was taken off the corporation, they don't have to provide that pension now. They leave it up to us as the individuals to be informed about money. Now we have to understand all of these concepts that we wasn't taught as kids or whatever, learning how to move money around, what's an IRA, what's self-directed, what's not, it leaves the responsibility on us. So how would, if someone wanted to start a self-directed IRA versus saying, hey, just go to JP, what's the process and what yeah. should they do? I'm really glad you asked this because I think ultimately we can talk about this concept all day, but the reality is the people who have these accounts are the people who this account solves their investment problem, right. their, their dilemma, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why I, you know, I want to be clear. It's like I'm, I'm on here today to say everyone should have a self-directed IRA, mm -hmm. right? You need to know the difference. Who should have a self-directed? Right. Well, this is the deal. If you have money in a retirement account, doesn't matter what kind, okay? Mm -hmm. The question you want to ask yourself is, what do I want to invest in? What do I wish mm -hmm. I could invest in? What do I feel comfortable? What, where do I think that my money can go to work for me and that it might help me win the retirement right, game, right. win the, the money game. That That's the question. Is like, what do I believe? Now, to your point, that question, a lot of people, they're like, I, I don't know. No idea. I don't yeah. know. Like, that's a scary thought, Jay. Like, I, I'm going to delegate my responsibility to my advisor mm -hmm. because he's smarter with this than I am. And so that's what happens, right? You just start, mm -hmm. it's a kind of set it and forget it. I, mm -hmm. I go to work, they told me to put this money in a 401k. They give me a few options. I don't even know how to, what did you put, Mike? What did you put? Right, yeah. Let me just <laughs> check the box and I hope. And then, you know, it's like, so we've, we've de de delegated mm -hmm. the financial responsibility of the knowledge to others. Yep. And then sometimes when we get caught with something that didn't go as well, we're mad, we're mm -hmm. angry. Hey, you sh hey, I trusted you. You're right. my advisor. You screwed me. You know, mm -hmm. I'm about to retire. Now I can't. Can't, right. So all that energy, all that negative energy happens. And what you learn is a lot of the advisors, they have no control over your money anymore than mm -hmm. you think. I mean, the reality is the market's the market, right? right? It's very volatile. And I can put you in something that historically has done well. Mm -hmm. that has zero influence. They'll tell you. That's all their disclosures, <laughs> right? They, 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 trust me. Like They're like, Past what is it doesn't it? mean past, that this is what's past gonna happen. Results are not indicative <laughs> of future <laughs> gains. Yeah. So it's you know you start as an advisor, you're just also trained to, to make sure you let people know that like right. it's almost like I don't have any control. 
uh, on the performance, but you're you're hoping that we are all mm -hmm. hoping that it does well, right? So right. this whole con, this whole problem, right? The problem is, you know, with freedom comes responsibility. So that world, the world self-directed is also there to kind of say, hey, look, since we don't give you advice, since we don't sell you products, are you ready to like right. figure this out on your own? Because I can encourage you to go to Azria and learn how to invest in mm -hmm. real estate. I can do that. But and I can I can encourage you to keep learning, right? Because I always say there's an evolution to the investor. It's five steps. First, first stage of an investor is dream. You're a dreamer. Mm -hmm. You're a dreamer. Mm -hmm. yep. We all have goals, dreams, objectives. Yep. I want a lifestyle. I want this. I want that. That's the, that's the first stage of the investor. Second one, you gotta learn. You're the learner. You gotta go learn somewhere. Mm -hmm. You gotta learn how to how this works, how money works. You know, what's equity? What's the due what's the process? What's the due diligence? How do I have a better deal? Why did I not do it? It doesn't matter if that's a stock or if that's a property. Yep. You gotta learn. And mm -hmm. then you gotta earn. And right. go out there and start earning. So if you're good at something, you're making some money, mm -hmm. you've hit that third. You're making money. That's the first, that's the third stage of, of yep. an investor. But most people get stuck right there. They don't evolve past that. Because yep. they think making money is the goal. No. Mm-hmm. It's not the goal. Right. <laughs> but a lot of people, because once they get to making money, start spending money. Yep. And spending money is not part of the evolutionary steps. Got to keep it. We got to, yeah, you got to save it. That's right. Good job, Because that's the fourth stage is yep. the saving, right? Mm -hmm. And now how much do you need to save? Right. Because, you know, that's what's going to help you determine. Because mm -hmm. when the investment comes up, you better have enough money saved mm -hmm. to put it to work for you right so the fifth stage of course is invest the mm -hmm. investor dreamer learner earner saver investor so when you get to the investment stage okay a lot of people call themselves investors they have no money so how can you be an investor with no money <laughs> well you can go out there and ask other people for money right yep right you can that's fine I'm saying that's a bad thing mm -hmm. but you better have learned how to do mm -hmm. that properly you better have learned on the risks associated with borrowing money yeah. from others or getting in partnership with others. or So to me, I'm so clear about this. And then investor, everyone's got a different appetite. Right. Now, if you're an investor, then the last, the glory days when you become an accredited investor, mm -hmm. right? Okay. That's when you're like supposedly based on the government, sophisticated, you've got enough money. Or nowadays they just amended the rules, but they added if you're professional cert certifications and licenses, if you're supposed to have some sort of subject expertise, yep. you now can be can called an accredited. But an accredited is really where there's a lot of the world of alternative assets. That's where a lot of us swim in this world because the minute you the, the minute you put a, a hurdle or an obstacle on what I need, how much money or how much sophistication I need to have to have access to deals, then everybody understands that accredited investors, they're the ones you want to talk to. If you need money, you better go talk to mm -hmm. someone who's got who's got it, right? Mm -hmm. And so as an accredited investor, you've got access to deals. The thing with the stock market is anyone can get in. Right. Mm -hmm. It's risky as heck. So for an advisor to tell their client, oh my God, don't go invest in real estate because it's super risky or it's complex, you might lose your money. It's yeah. almost comical to me yeah. because I was in that world and it's up and down and up and down. And most of the time- and You can't control that asset yeah. at all. Zero. So <laughs> why self-directed? People want control. Mm -hmm. That's a big reason, right? Yeah. I want I know real estate at least. Want, I, real estate at least is a strategy that 
I get to determine who my tenant is, how much rent I get to you know, charge my tenant based on the market. Right. It's an illiquid asset for the most part, which actually is beneficial because when even when market conditions change, it's not like your house is gonna drop 20% in one day, right. like a stock or a mutual fund can do, right? So I feel like as you start to understand the, the framework of what a self-directed IRA is, it goes beyond just like, okay, well, how do I get it started? I mean, because it is an IRA, like you could go to uh, Vanguard or Schwab and mm -hmm. open up an IRA. The process to set up a self-directed IRA is the exact same. I offer you an application. You fill out a three-page piece of paper yep. or you do it online, right? You sign my fee schedule. And then, of course, you're setting up an account that has no money in it. So the third step of setting up a, a self-directed account is funding it. Fund it. So first yeah. you open it, right? You open the account, you got to fund it, and then you make your investment. I mean, those are the three steps. And mm -hmm. it, it's easy enough, but you have to work with a company that is not restricting you to just the stock market. So companies like mine are really set up almost like, well, I'm not trying to compete with Schwab, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't give advice and I don't sell products. So it's like, we are like set up where we only want clients to open up accounts with us that want to invest outside the stock market. Okay. So we've also, I guess you could technically say we restrict our clients too. Mm -hmm. You call me today and you say, hey, JP, I want to buy a mutual fund. I got an account with you. I want to buy a mutual fund with it. I say, we don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> go know? to Vanguard. But that's different than you can't do that. See the mm -hmm. difference in the message? Mm -hmm. I'd say, we can't help you with that. You know, you're going to have to work with a company that specializes in helping you with stock market-based right. investments. But the problem in this in this in this in this retirement industry for the last forty plus years, since nineteen seventy four, is that the message hasn't been that. It hasn't been oh, there's companies that can help you do that, but we can't help you. It says it, the message has been you can't do that, or if you All want right. to do that type of deal, you're gonna pay and mm -hmm. take the money out of this tax favored vehicle. Mm -hmm. Why would you do that? Why would you do this? It's almost like you almost yeah. make you feel like you're being Dis yeah, like almost like silly. To, yeah. Like why would you pay those taxes? That's, you're destroying the integrity of the entire reason you set up the account in the first place. So that is the frustration I think we all feel, but also the excitement that we all feel when we hear that there's an account that I can that I have money in. That now it's maybe at a company that is restricting me right now, but I got money there. I've right. saved it. I've reached that part, but now I want to do these other things. Okay, wonderful. That and you need a self-directed IRA to do that. Mm -hmm. Here are the steps, and here's how long it takes to set up, and how much it costs. The the fees that we charge, the fees that any self-directed IRA company charges. And again, guys, there's you know there's maybe forty five, maybe these days forty eight companies nationwide that mm -hmm. are in our industry that are either self-directed IRA custodians or administrators okay now in that in in that space the elasticity of the fee structure when people say oh your fees are too high or your fees are too whatever we're talking 100 bucks and we're not we're not talking like one's charging me three grand and one's charging me 400 i mean it's mm -hmm. like we all compete it's like 50 bucks 100 bucks 75 bucks here and there i mean we have different statements we have different transaction mm -hmm. fees we might have right. You know, it's all inclusive for one flat fee. Some of them you charge per asset, but we're not we're playing we're not playing with. But it's like you could probably go to a couple dinners and and, and there's a difference in the fee, right? It's yeah. not a huge thing. Some of these companies, there's also companies that are, might be specialists in like let's say crypto, 
Mm-hmm. Okay. There's company company that set up one time is called the Coin IRA. And that was the name of the company, and they were right. a self-directed IRA administrator or custodian. And then a crypto, gold, gold IRA. It's like, mm-hmm. well, so we put these names, real estate, mm-hmm. I could call these real estate IRAs right. for your audience. Yeah, yeah. But, mm-hmm. and I do probably sometimes, like, well, just to make sure you're clear right. what the types of assets you can buy with these accounts. And, but who's in control? You are. That's why it's self-directed. Like yeah. you're the one that has to make the ch- this on what investments to make. We're here to educate you on right. some of the rules. We're here to educate you on what you, what are the options that you have available. So most people say, well, can I do this? Can I do that? And I said, like, I'll keep it simple, man. It's yeah. like, look. It's up to you. The government, when you look at the rules, it's not like there's a, you know, imagine how long the government's code would be if they had <laughs> yeah. to write down all the different ways you can make money. Mm-hmm. So they're smarter than that, at least. Mm-hmm. And they said, we're not going to tell you what you're allowed to invest with an IRA. We're simply going to put down what you're not allowed to invest in with an IRA. And there's only two investment limitations that exist within an IRA. Mm-hmm. Okay, life insurance policies mm-hmm. okay. and collectibles. Collectibles gotcha. are defined as pieces of art, art you know, cars, liquor, and stuff, stuff, like yeah, stuff like yeah, okay. cars. Yep. So the first question I tell your audience or anybody who's wanting to listen, if they're asking, like, what, well, then what can I do? It's like anything you want except right. life insurance policies and collectibles. And, and also there's people you can and cannot work with. Right, so there's investment mm-hmm. restrictions, which I just talked to you about, uh, right. and there's what I call people restrictions. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. I, and I'll be shooting some videos for you here shortly cool. to, to go over these. But again, there's also a small list of people that the government said, we don't want you dealing mm-hmm. with the people that I we feel are either so close to you or are you or um, that you can self-deal. You can do deal because these are okay. tax-favored accounts, right? So... If you're my son or my dad or whatever, right? Like, oh, well, dad, hey, I'm going to sell you this property for 50 grand. Mm-hmm. And we all know that it's worth 300 grand, mm-hmm. but I'm going to sell you this deal because if I sell it tomorrow for the market value, I don't have to pay taxes on, right. you know, $250,000. So yep. the government doesn't want what they call self-dealing. They call those types of transactions prohibited transactions. And there's disqualified people, disqualified persons or related parties to your IRA that mm-hmm. you have to stay away from unless yeah. now if you don't stay away from these folks or these entities that you're not supposed to deal with with your IRA what's the risk well the risk is you get audited by the government okay mm-hmm. no self-directed IRA company is in the business of regulating or overseeing or governing what your activity yeah, is with the accounts you're also taking that full responsibility as well mm-hmm. okay we're not managing your money Mm-hmm. We are administrating your account. Yeah. We are doing right. reporting on your account. Now, there are custodians and administrators out there that do are in the business of managing money. Self-directed IRA companies aren't. So, so let me ask you this, JP. Yeah. Sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. No, of course. I mean, um, I can go all, all because day. A lot of, you can cut me off if you can, please. Because <laughs> a, a lot of people have the misconception that, hey, you know what? I need to make. I need to be making tons of money for me to have a self-directed IRA. Can you speak to that? Is that a fallacy or can a person with $5,000 start yeah. a self-directed IRA? Yeah, there is no there's no account balance minimum for okay. setting up a self-directed mm-hmm. account. Now, the it's not the company that's going to limit you to a minimum balance. Mm-hmm. It's the deals you want to invest in that's right. going right. to need to limit you, right? So if you can put 5 grand to work mm-hmm. doing something that can make you enough return Mm-hmm. That is, I think, worth the fees that the self-directed IRA company is charging, charging. you. 
then go for it. Okay. And we've got clients like that. Now, again, I try to tell them, look, when you're looking at this deal, what I try to educate them is, look, when you're looking at any investment and you think you're going to make X return potentially, right? Mm -hmm. Make sure you take my fees out of the little calculation Mm -hmm. because- Based on what we charge advantage, I think that a good starting balance would be at least twenty five grand. Okay, that's good. That's yeah. what I wanted to drive. Because if you go out there, you buy a mutual fund, they're going to charge you five percent commissions. You mm-hmm. want to be, you want to be at least aware and understand that fees matter. Yep. Okay, they do. But I think for our clients, our account holders, when we talk about our fees, they're like, "That's it? How do you make money? Literally, that's most mm-hmm. like, how do you make money doing this? Right." And I'm like, well, look, I'm in the open the account business. I'm not in the selling you a product business. Mm-hmm. So my responsibility is to try to create as much awareness about this, find enough people who, uh, who self-directed IRA solves their problem, which is, God, I'm really frustrated that I'm restricted to the stock market. I, want, I wish I could do other things. Well, problem mm-hmm. solved, open advantage, self-directed. But it, since we charge annual re- administration fees, I'm looking for a lot of accounts, right? right? So it's a Long residual term. model for mm-hmm. me as the owner. Now, as you know, for investors, that's where structuring, we we're talking about mm-hmm. structuring. I told you that we want to talk a little bit about this is because once you understand what the fees are going to be and how the company that you have your self-directed account charges those fees, then you might be like smart to figure out, okay, well, is there a way to structure my IRA that allows me to minimize my fees, maintain the control, and in fact, maybe mm-hmm. increase the level of control a bit? Because when we talk about control, there's a lot of diff- there's that's a big word. Mm-hmm. There's investment control, but they also want to be able to make it easier to do the business. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like if you buy a piece of property with you know directly, right? Then you're cutting. You know, if there's an expense, you've got to do you know all the work to figure out how to fix that problem, right? right? Now, some clients would say, well, there's a property management company I can pay for that, right? There's, there's different mm-hmm. ways to make it easier to do the business. But there's also costs associated with some of this stuff. So in a self-directed account, I feel like one of the things that people really need to understand is that there's a lot of forms. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a paper-intensive investor experience. Now, real estate investors, they're used to paper, man. you got to go through a title company. You've got to do a purchase agreement. Mm -hmm. You've got to do some stuff, right? So it's not like that much of of an additional ask, but it's it's self-directed. So the self-directed IRA company needs to get direction from the client. There's a form for that, a buy direction letter, a sell direction letter, a a deposit coupon, a payment authorization form for the expense that you want us to cut the check to pay for the expense out of your retirement account. So when you start to experience, you become a a self-directed IRA investor, you're like, oh man, more forms. Now we Mm -hmm. all try to, you know, do some things digitally and and Mm then try to work on some sort of online platform so you can make it a little bit easier, but you still got to go through steps to direct the company. Now, if you structure it with an IRA LLC or some sort of checkbook control IRA LLC, like we, the industry has become, I think, inundated with this structure and people wanting to learn about the structure because it's got benefits like asset protection, could save you money Mm -hmm. on fees and you have more control, right? Because instead of having to tell Vantage or send a, a form to Vantage for to sell my investment. I'm the, if I'm the manager of the LLC, I'm just doing that negotiation myself. So we have checkbook control, checkbook LLC. What, well, it's, what, a, what it's ultimately it's the structure. Uh, an IRA LLC or a 
There's so different walk me through it. So okay. I, I'm going to go okay. like uh, Focus Law creates all our LLCs yep. for Perfect. our members, right? Perfect. So I go to Focus Law, I get yep. a general, Mike wants to buy houses LLC. Yeah. So yeah, so this is so when you when when they do that, okay, they're gonna go to the Arizona Corporation Commission, the, right? Yep. Article mm-hmm. of organization, and they're gonna say who's the manager, right? Yep. And you're gonna say, I want my, I want to be the manager, yeah, great, okay. Mike, your individual name, Mike mm-hmm. or whatever, or you, maybe you have an entity that's the manager, whatever. You have options, right? Mm-hmm. Who's the member? So this is the most important ah, part. Okay, who is the member? Well, in the one that you typically set up with. Out your retirement account, you're going to put yourself or maybe you and your wife or maybe another LLC, right, Mm -hmm. can be the member. Well, with an IRA LLC or what are also known as checkbook control IRA LLCs means that the IRA is the member. The IRA is 100% the member of this newly created LLC, okay? So when Focus Law sets this up, they're going to put who typically is the account holder as the manager, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to put Vantage FBO, Mike's IRA as the member, 100%. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they're going to create, they're going to provide you the operating agreement and all that good stuff, right? Then you're going to go walk into a bank, right? Mm-hmm. Work and say, I'd like to set up a business checking account for my newly established LLC. They say, great, paperwork to set up a business checking account for your you know, we love houses, mm-hmm. IRA, mm-hmm. whatever, LLC, right? You call it whatever you want. The important part is that the member is the IRA. Mm-hmm. Now you send Vantage a bi-direction letter and you say, hey, the money that's sitting in cash in my self-directed IRA with you that I just transferred from Schwab because mm-hmm. I want to buy real estate, got that got the 250000 sitting there, JP, or Vantage, and you're going to say, I want to buy 100% of this company, this private company, with my $250,000. I'm gonna do the initial capital contribution to purchase the membership units, mm-hmm. right, so that my IRA owns 100% of it. So Vantage is going to wire or cut a check to the business checking account that you've set up to buy those units, to literally to fund the LLC, right? Mm-hmm. So now your IRA owns 100% of that business, but now, you are the manager. So you've got a checkbook, right? And so now you go out and look for deals, right? And you say, oh, I found a deal. Well, now that checkbook you've got is your IRA money. Yeah. And it's tax favored, same, but you're the manager. So you're negotiating, you're doing the purchase contract in the name of the LLC. We love houses, mm-hmm. right? And you are doing the purchase contract. And so that control of the the process moving forward, just like you would if it was an LLC outside of your right, IRA. Right. Mm-hmm. You're a manager, you're doing deals, yeah. you're paying the cut in the check. Now you've got to just make sure you know the rules enough to know what you should be cutting checks for and what you shouldn't be cutting checks for. And that's what we teach also a lot of members at Azria and we've done across the country is like, you still got to know what the IRA rules are because you can't cut a check to a related party. Yeah. You can't cut checks to yourself, right? Because you're a related party, but that would be a distribution. Mm-hmm. So there's there's some rules that you've got to keep in mind when you've got that structure in place. But there's a lot of benefits, so, tons of benefits. So you go out, you fund your LLC, you put the 250000 in there, you go buy a house, fix and flip it, get the profits, everything comes back, back in. Back to the LLC? I use your services mm-hmm. and we would kind of like, my wife handles it all, but it's like we, the, we get it. IRA, it's like personal name, IRA. So it's always the name of the, the custodian deal. or administrator, yeah. Vantage. And then FBO stands for for the benefit of. Mm-hmm. And then it's the name of the account holder. 
Okay. Uh, and then the kind of account that uh, the type of IRA that you have, Roth mm-hmm. IRA, traditional IRA. So. And it's just a one deal thing. Go do the deal. The money goes back from title back to the Vantage account. No, when you not, have an well, not that's the LLC. T- I'm saying the separate. Yeah, that's normal. The, if you don't have this IRA structure set Correct. up, yes, yeah. it goes everything comes in and out. So of I the, see the benefit. Of the, now. Yeah. Yes. I so see like, that. so with people that want don't want to go, they don't want to be fatigued with completing yes. all those forms and waiting for our business hours, or they, maybe they're doing a deal on the weekend where they need to do a purchase contract and they, they're like, oh man, how am I supposed to write this? You know, it's like, yeah, those yeah, are the yeah. things that can sometimes, it creates either confusion or complexity in the eyes of the self-directed area investor. So we have always been very assertive, I guess you could always say, we've always been very wanting to educate people about structuring your account in ways that benefit you too, because we want you to have a good experience investing mm-hmm. with this deal. It makes it right? so much better. And man. so if you feel it makes it better, great. Mm-hmm. If not, here's how it works if you're dealing directly with us in, or any mm-hmm. other custodial company, right? It's like the process is the same. The government needs to know that you're following the rules, mm-hmm. right? So that's why even if you have an IRA LLC, you're still you're still our I mean, you're still our client, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you, inside of your statement, your vantage statement, it'll say we love houses LLC two hundred and fifty thousand dollar holding. Right mm-hmm. now, every year you also get a fair market valuation form that says, "Okay, Mike, we need to know what the value, the fair market value is of the we love houses LLC because that's not yeah, our right. business either." Right. So you'll say, "Oh man, I thought I flipped two houses, and actually my checking account a bank now says." Three hundred and forty-two thousand dollars in it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe you have some cash in the checking account, and you have a a deal where you own a property that you think is worth blank. Right. Well, you add those two things together, you fill out our forms, you submit it, and we adjust your statement, your record of from two fifty to three forty-two. God, there's right. no taxes, nothing happens, right? But the, our our responsibility as the as the administrator and custodial company is we've got to send the government a form called the 5498. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a, mm-hmm. an annual statement that we've got to send to them that says what's the value of the account that you're holding for Mike. Makes okay, sense. that makes sense. Yeah. That's our, that is yeah, part of what you pay that. us for, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so if you then, let's say you're now in retirement years and you're like, I'm, I want to receive, I want to distribute $1,000 of income to myself because I'm retired and need extra cash. If you have that IRA LLC, You've got to send a dividend check to Vantage, right? Mm. And then request from Vantage that we send you that thousand dollars. Okay, because then we also do the reporting on the ten ninety nine. You're going to get a ten ninety nine from Vantage, and we're sending the government a ten ninety nine so that they can cross reference that that ten ninety nine check. Right? Let's say at the end of the year you get twelve grand that came from Vantage from your Vantage account. You got a 1099 that says $12,000 on it from us, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you're going to put that income on your 1040. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so you're going to you're going to add that income to to your to your tax return. Yep. And so when you send the government that tax return, you're going to see that taxes. that's going to that 1099 yeah. amount's going to be on there and they've received the 1099 from your custodian or administrator saying, "Yep, we mm-hmm. sent Mike that 12 grand," right? Yeah. So this is kind of a little bit of the behind the scenes yeah. of my business, yeah. but I feel like without going too deep into like a, a rabbit hole here, I think it helps a lot of people to actually understand some of this back because there's a lot of assumptions or expectations of what the people have been told. Mm-hmm. And, and so for me, a lot of the times, it's not just letting your audience know what is a self-directed account. 
That's that's the, that's the easy part. Right. Self-directed account is an account that you can invest with things outside the stock market. And a yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? No, yeah. it's not that. It's it's like, okay, now that I know that this thing exists, most people that are hearing this maybe for the first time, they're like, that's interesting. And if I had a nickel for every time that said someone said it's interesting, it's interesting because what they're really saying is I haven't ever heard of this and I've actually been told that this is the opposite of what how this works. Mm-hmm. And so now they're in the, what I call the validation stage of this message, right? First is the aha moment, the the eureka moment of like, oh, yep. wow, really? This mm-hmm. is this exists. Then we start valid. We need validation. So who do we validate this from? This is an important topic because we're, from here we're gonna have to wind down after this okay. validation. <laughs> okay. So after this, so what happens is typically, how am I gonna validate this? Well, let me go talk to my financial advisor mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wrong again oh i'm gonna CPA. talk to my cpa yeah. wrong they're telling me so who can i trust the next question is who could i trust to give me the information that is true and we've had to make our business about how do i educate you in a way what do i need to show you to for you to know that it's not just just trust me no no don't just trust me let me just direct you to where the rules are so mm-hmm. you could see yeah. for yourself that this is a governmental rule. Yeah. This isn't a company's decision. This isn't JP's telling you. But we've had to do that for so long so that people feel, okay, I'm not going to get penalized. I'm not going to lose my money. I'm mm-hmm. not going to pay taxes. Like I will now be able to take a step forward and, and get the account that really works best for me or my family. And that's a lot of information, JP. And this is just a tip <laughs> of the iceberg, that, right? We didn't go to cases yeah, or nothing. This yeah. is just the tip of the iceberg. So we definitely want to have you back, you know, so we can dig in yeah, a little deeper, man. So we really appreciate you being here. Any, any? No, no yeah. For Ezria mm-hmm. members, you, our business associates always provide some type of incentive. Yeah, $25 off of the account setup fee, which is 50 okay. bucks. So you get okay. 50% okay. off of that. Okay. And just let you make sure when you fill out your application, you put Ezria member mm-hmm. and, and we... Come see us at the table. Of course, we're there every month. Where do we get the application from? No, we from our website, which is vantageiras.com. Vantageiras.com. Okay. You can go there. There's plenty of open the account buttons. Go to forms, or you can just put open an account. You can do that digitally or through paper forms. Mm-hmm. Doesn't take long. It's a, like I said, that, uh, the application is pretty quick. And then okay. it's the transfer process that really can take somewhere between seven and twenty-one days because the company that you're getting mm-hmm. your money from, mm-hmm. it can drag their feet a little bit on it, but- um, You guys have uh, paper applications at the monthly meeting when you do uh, Yeah, we do. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, yep. so you, yep. you come to on the second Monday of every month at Venue 8600, you can meet JP and his team, mm-hmm. get the application, get your account set up, get the 50% discount off your setup fees, then I really want to dive deeper in. Then you're going to go over to Mix Booth at Focus Law. Yes. Yeah. You're going to get 50% off your LLC based on his website for 385 and you're going to get that awesome. self-directed I LLC. Love it, that, yeah. I absolutely love it. Let's and do- if you've been hearing some some bad information, please swing by, ask us the questions. Yeah. You know, absolutely. we can certainly help you. Guys are there. Yeah, yeah. Validate whatever to be true or not true. Love it. So, JP, thank you, thank you so, so much, much yeah, man. Right. You guys, you know what to do. Get out there. Come to the monthly meeting. Get the information that you need. Do not get hearsay information. Come right to the source. The source is right before you. So, once again, another successful show, Asria's show. So, you all, 
always know what to do. Give us a like, give us a thumbs up, subscribe, give us a five-star review. And we love that you are loyal listeners and loyal members of Azria and the Azria Show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having awesome. me. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Azria Show with your hosts, Marcus Maloney and Mike Delpreet. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you found this information valuable, head over to azria.org and learn more about our community.